This is Update One, the podcast of the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Update One provides a forum for listeners to learn about national and international stories, focusing on journalism and communication issues, news, and politics. Now, the latest edition of Update One. Welcome to the National Press Club's Update One podcast. I'm Gemma Puglisi with the club's broadcast committee. And today, we're going to look back at Wednesday, January 6th, a day that truly changed our country, an event that brought anger, sadness, tears, and resilience for our democracy. Today, part one of our two-part podcast is to discuss the Capitol insurrection. It all began first when thousands of Trump supporters came to Washington, D.C., to demand that Vice President Pence and Congress reject President-elect Biden's victory as the 46th Commander-in-Chief. What began as a demonstration in the morning turned into chaos, mayhem, and violence, and tragically, the death of five people, including a Capitol Police officer. I am honored to be joined now by an extraordinary photojournalist who was there capturing incredible images, some of which you may have already seen and they will share what they heard and the stories behind the lens. Please meet Sharice May, who was barricaded in the House Majority Whip's office, James Clyburn's office, Democrat from South Carolina, and she was taking images from the balcony overlooking Statutory Hall when the rioters broke into the Capitol. She is the co-chair of the photo committee here at the National Press Club and the immediate past president of Women Photojournalists of Washington. She is also an adjunct professor at Howard University, her alma mater. Her work has appeared in O Magazine, the White House Historical Association, the New York Times, Bloomberg, Time, ABC News, the Today Show, MSNBC. I'm honored to have Sharice here. Welcome and thank you, because I know it has been a unbelievable time for you. It has. Thank you for having me, Gemma, and providing this this forum and this opportunity to to share um, about Wednesday. I want to begin because I did share with people that you had been barricaded, but there is also that incredible shot that I saw that you were that you did for Getty Images of a, a great photograph, and obviously you were inside the Capitol and you're overlooking. Uh, the demonstrators that were um, some way right, right in front of the, the monument. So, but what I wanted to ask you is, um, Sharice, if you can share with us, when did you realize what was happening and where exactly were you? Sure. So at the time, um, right before it happened, I was in the balcony overlooking Statuary Hall and I was taking pictures of the Congress people coming from the House chamber headed towards the Senate chamber. Chamber. So I had been up there. I pulled my laptop out. I was going to file some photos. And I heard scrambling um, down in Citrary Hall. And I looked down and I see Capitol Police just kind of frantically scrambling down there. And then they're piling, putting gates and whatever else they could to block the House chamber. So I knew something was going on. And then I heard them get on the radio. They said they're inside. Mm. And so at that point, um, Congressman Clyburn 
two of his staffers have like office doors that you can get into from the balcony. And so one of the offices, um, there was someone in there and I, I saw her sitting, saw her sitting in there and I said, you know, they said that they're inside. And just at that moment, um, one of her colleagues came up, came up the stairs and she said, we need to get to his office. You know, um, that we're start, they're starting to gather up there. We need to go. And so they told me, come with us. Where was he at the time? He was on the floor, right? He was on the floor. Yeah. They were voting. Mm-hmm. And what what went on in your mind? I mean, this this must have been very frightening. Yeah, it was because before before that moment, just just in the moments before they said come with me, I looked out the window of that staffer's office and we could hear like loud booms, almost like a cannon it sounded like, and then we would see smoke. So you would hear the boom and then it, the smoke would appear. And then we I saw where they had climbed on top of uh, like staging area where the press would be for the inauguration. Mm-hmm. And then I saw um, Capitol Police down below scrambling. And, you... huh? No, no, I'm sorry, keep going, please. No, so I, I saw the scrambling, saw the smoke, heard the boom, and then we were like, they're inside. And then at that moment she said, you know, come with, come with me and at the time, I, the other staffer had like some keys to get into one of the doors to to head towards um, Congressman Clyburn's office, um, the main office he works from. And one of the police officers saw us up in the balcony, and they said, "You need to get in. You need to get inside. You need to get into an office." And everything was just ha- moving so fast, and I just remember like. She tried the first key and it didn't work. And she's like scrambling, you know, probably, you know, we're all not knowing what's going on, nerves. And so she found it like by the third key. Um, She found the the correct one and was able to open that door. Oh, my goodness. I want to, uh, how long, how long was it from the time that you were in there that all of this happened? Was it within seconds? Uh, How much time are we talking about here? Yeah, so... And I had, before I went up to the balcony, I was, um, I was down in the rotunda and, um, I was standing like right by the stanchions where, you know, they were having the procession with the ceremonial votes, um, the boxes. Mm -hmm. And so I got a few shots of that and the, uh, senators were heading over to the house side, got that, you know, it was just like a normal day at the Capitol. Um, and so from that point, once they um, went into Statuary Hall and they were headed into the House chamber, I went up on the balcony, in the balcony, um, so I could get like overhead type shots when they came out. And I remember getting pictures of the different Congress people coming out and even Vice President Mike Pence. And, you know, it was just like regular. And so after they proceeded and moved out of Statuary, I would say, within the next like 40 minutes or so, maybe 45 minutes, that's when the scrambling started. I wanna talk about the safety issue because um, it must've been frightening. You're talking about A, trying to find the right key to get you into the door to get shelter. And I know that you sent uh, 
an email to our colleague while we were setting up this podcast. And you said, of course, I was there in the Capitol. And then you said, I want to quote you, I've never experienced anything in my life like that. I want to talk about the safety issue because that evening I was watching the broadcast, you know, I was watching um, evening news and, and uh, television, the broadcast, and I was watching um, one of the cable outlets and the anchor went to one of the reporters who was covering, this is in the evening when it was right before the curfew hit. And the uh, reporter was trying to give a live shot and was being heckled by the protesters. And finally, the anchor said, we're going to move away from you because I'm worried about your your safety. We'll come back to you, but please make sure you're safe. So, uh, Sharice, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about your safety because you have been, you know, you are a photojournalist and you've covered so many things. This was not like a, a usual assignment for you. So please share the safety issue, if you can, with all of us. Sure. So I'd first like to say the Capitol has always been a place where I felt like was one of the safest places in this country. Like I felt once I entered those doors and went through security, my guard was down and I could just leave my bags in the office, you know, just go about the halls and, and do the work and not, not worry about worrying about looking over my shoulder or, you know, thinking that there'd be some kind of breach like that. So that just turned my kind of whole world upside down with um, my vision of what I thought about um, the Capitol. And I I also had friends and family who were like, please be careful out there. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be inside the Capitol. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to be outside. I'm inside. So it's cool. It's good. Very safe. Yeah. Very safe. And, um, it, when everything just kind of went haywire, I knew at that point from just knowing some things I, that was shared with me and I saw in terms of, you know, some plans and rumors of things that, you know, what they were going to do. Um, I knew, especially as a black woman, that there was like that added safety concern Um, because there were, you know, things said about, you know, BLM and black people. And so I knew being a black woman, being press, you know, I kind of had a lot of things going on that I knew was going to possibly make me a high target. So that was definitely a concern. And especially when I heard that they were inside. So did you see anyone? Did you see any of the? No, all I saw was the Capitol Police kind of scurrying. And I just kept hearing that loud boom like a cannon. Mm-hmm. Did you have your cell phone near you? Did I did. Able so at least you were able to you know be connected right not at first not at first mm. um I had um problems with connection at first and once my once my phone was able to connect to Wi-Fi then I had all these text messages and mixed calls missed calls from family and friends that were worried because they knew I was there of course. And at what point, I know I talked about this earlier, and then you were in the office uh, of uh, House Majority uh, with Clyburn's office. How long were you there in that office? It was like over two hours. Oh, my goodness. 
Um, and so it was about 30 people in the office, uh, mostly staffers, uh, myself and two other photographers. And how, how were they holding up? The photographers or the staffers? Well, both, the staffers. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, everyone was just really quiet just really quiet. Um, there was some pacing. Um, the guys in the office moved furniture, whatever furniture, tables, sofas, whatever was in there. There were three kind of entryways to that mm-hmm. office. So they put furniture in front of all three of those doors. Mm. And there were twice they tried to get in. They came up. We heard them because he's right above uh, Nancy Pelosi's office. Oh my goodness. But it's really, what's concerning too is his office is off the beaten path. Like it's, it's, if anything, you would go into the door that's right off a statuary hall Mm -hmm. because his name is above that door. His main office, where we were, his name is not above there. It's nondescript. You mm-hmm. have to know to really know, like, who's but that's office. his office. Correct. But they tried to get in. You they heard- tried to get in twice. My goodness. Mm. So there was banging. There was, you know, turning the door, pushing. And, you know, when they started doing that, the guys in the office put their bodies up against the furniture to press it against the door so that they couldn't force it, um, force it open. My God, what courage. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah, they really stood up. And at the time, one of the staffers was calling, I guess it was the Capitol Police number, mm-hmm. because, you know, I could just hear him on the phone, like, you know, we're up here, it's 30, you know, 30 of us, um, staffers and three others. And come to find out later, saying three others made them think that the staffers were being held hostage. Ah, okay. Mm So when they came to help to assist the staffers, they came in aggressively. They ended up breaking the door, um, breaking through because they thought they were, I later found that out that they thought that they were being held hostage and that's why they came in so aggressively. Mm. Uh, I wanted to ask you, when did you finally get the all clear that it was safe? When, oh the, when the police came up after or how? No, no. there for a good two hours. When did yeah. you get the all clear that you could? That wasn't until that night. Oh. Um, I can't even tell you what time that was. I would have to look. I could look back on text messages where my friend, um, she ended up coming as close as she could to get me because my car was like, on the other side of the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I didn't have my coat. I didn't have my hat. I didn't have my gloves. I didn't have my roller bag. All I had was a small backpack. Um, my three cameras were on me and, and I had to get to my car on the other side of the Capitol. And there was a curfew called, but people were not leaving. They were not adhering to the curfew. So I knew that I couldn't, it's dark, you know, by now. And I knew I couldn't walk over to this, that side of the Capitol right. by myself with my equipment and my press ID and all, you know, I could tuck that, but you could clearly see with my cameras that, you know, I was press. So my friend came as close as she could. And I ended up um, that night 
sometimes when we when we got the clear uh, all clear walking a, a couple of blocks to um get in her car and then she drove me to my car and so I had to go back the ne- I went back the next day uh, mm-hmm. to see if I could get my coat and my bag and the other things that I had to leave behind oh my goodness so all this you've done you've done so many stories as I mentioned earlier and thank you for sharing all of that with us I we really appreciate that and we we um, we appreciate all you do uh, as a journalist to get the story out and the images out. You've covered, as you mentioned, some incredible stories and events. How does this experience impact your career mm. personally as you move forward? You know, it's it's kind of one of those things when you go through something like that, it's traumatic. Uh, you know, I will be the first to admit, like, it is traumatic. And if someone says it's not, I don't think they're being honest. It's one of those things where this is something that I really love to do. And I feel like I find strength in continuing to do the work. I had some people ask me, like, are you going to like take a break now? You know, just kind of. And I was like, no, they were like, you're not covering the inauguration, are you? And I was like, I am. Hmm. And of course, it's something about just pressing forward in. I'll have to go back to, um, there was a portrait that I shot of um, Gabby Giffords for a New York Times opinion piece that she wrote. And this, I did that the next day after that happened, like the very next day. And so she was encouraging me to move ahead, Mm. you know? And it's like all that she went through and she's saying, move ahead. And I'm like, if she could do all of that, like all that she experienced and, you know, through determination and her resilience, she was able to move ahead. And now she's hugging me, telling me to move ahead. You know, it's like one of those things where you don't even think about it. Sometimes you just do it. I didn't think twice about taking a break or stopping. There are moments where, you know, I think back on some things. And I know that it could have ended up, uh, you know, differently. Um, so I'm happy to be here, you know, talking to you now. Um, yeah, and I'm just trying to, like Gabby Gifford said, move ahead. Beautifully said. Thank you. And my final question is, you're a, a professor. You're an active professor. What is the most important advice you can give to students after your experience, especially covering this monumental story? Well, the thing I always tell my students is to tell your story. So that's the number one thing I wanna encourage them um, through everything, just to tell your story. And especially during these times, um, there's a lot going on, um, obviously, um pandemic and all the uprisings and now this insurrection at the uh, capitol and i think it's just for me it's very important to have diverse sto- uh diverse stories and storytellers so the importance to me is that you know you you're seeing different perspectives you're seeing different voice you're hearing different voices and we're all telling telling these stories in the way that you know we know how to tell them and from from our voice from our lens so for my students 
you know, I just try to encourage them to not be afraid to tell their story. And that's a perfect way for us to end this podcast. Sharice May, thank you for your courage. Thank you for having me. Ordinary work and capturing images that are so important that do tell the stories. We will continue part two of this podcast in the next update one. My thanks also to my colleagues here at the National Press Club for their help with this podcast. Alan Kotak, Mike Hempen, and Mark Hambrick. From all of us at the National Press Club, I'm Gemma Puglisi. Thanks for listening. Update One is a production of the National Press Club's Broadcast Podcast Committee. You can comment on this podcast or any episode of Update One by sending an email to Update One Podcast. That's update the number one podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Update One. Update One.